Welcome to Invitations to Play, Learn, Grow, the podcast. I am your creative solutions creator and professional mess maker. Welcome to November. Oh my goodness. This is our first episode for the month of November. And it is quite chilly. I'm very excited that the leaves have finally started to fall. They've changed a little bit of colors, although not as much as I'd like. And I am back with a fun learning and skill building topic to dive into using play. I have heard a lot of talk again about parents and caregivers being concerned that the kids in their lives have lost ground with what they should have been learning over the last couple of years. And it's hard to believe it's been a couple of years already. But I want to help you reduce some of that anxiety. I want to help you reverse that slide. And it's not as hard as it may seem. What I want to encourage you to do is set some goals. I want to encourage you to set goals for what it is you want the kids in your life to gain or what it is you want them to learn or a curiosity you want them to develop. And as we've discussed in the different episodes over the last couple of years, one of the ways you can do that is by asking questions, by starting conversations. And by starting conversations, you get kids to think about the experiences they're having or that they want to have. And you get them to think about things in ways that they might not otherwise on their own and that they probably wouldn't if they were just absorbing information. And by starting and having these conversations, you can start to understand what they're interested in, what they're challenged by, what they want to learn, what they're afraid to try, and why. And you can use this information to create experiences that will encourage them to face and overcome those things. One of the ways that I like to explore 
excuse me, I'm my breath is being taken away by the wind. I apologize. One of the ways that I like to get this process started is by engaging kids' creativity. What are they excited by? What are they interested in? How do they like to do things? Perhaps you have a performer or an athlete or you have someone who likes to get involved in an experience. Use those things to create new experiences through those formats that uncover new learning. So I can give you some examples. Say you have a student who is struggling with math. And and before I go into these examples, engaging in these experiences is why I use a set of topics and examples again and again and again to give you a different perspective. It makes it easier to exemplify different angles that you can take to engage different thought processes or skill sets or simply a different way of learning if you can use the same topic as a point of reference. So I try to keep my examples around these topics ones that you can swap out the theme. So I might talk about construction here where we're talking about creativity and engaging kids creativity and their skill sets and the skills they need to learn. Perhaps one of the skills they need to learn is patience and listening and teamwork. Engaging in a group project around something like construction engages those skills while encouraging and supporting creativity. So you can practice construction around all kinds of things, depending on the age of the kids or student that you're working with. So you could learn about science and perhaps the kids in your life have an interest in bridges or in architecture. So you can use construction to explore both of those things. And you can tie geography into it by exploring bridges around the world 
or buildings around the world, or forms of construction around the world, which would get you learning about everything from mud huts to Eiffel Towers to bridges in London to bridges in the UP of Michigan. And you can explore history that way as well because you can study a bridge and you can dive into the backstory of the bridge why was the bridge built what was it used for how was it built what kind of methods were used at that time what kind of materials would be used at that time. And then you can get kids engaged in an activity where perhaps they recreate the bridge or the building, or they create a bridge or a building of their own creation. And then they build a backstory for their own building. And then you can turn that into more geography learning, more history learning, by picking a specific region of the world. And talking about the climate. And the natural resources. And you see how starting out looking to learn skills can tie to different topics, practice different subjects, and give a fun, creative experience all as one. And from the beginning of starting this podcast, that is why I do the things that I do and I share the things that I share because that is my goal is to create a topic that engages different skills and encourages and sparks curiosity in all different kinds of learning whether that's different subjects or practicing different skills Or doing all of the above. And bridges and buildings is just a fun example. Because again, you can tie geography into those things. And learn about different cultures. And perhaps practice different languages. And... Language is a set of skills that kids can also build as they dive into these other interrelated topics because they're going to learn new words and new terms and new definitions for those terms. So you can see how starting from one interest point can unfold like 
a deck of cards, so to speak, um, to lead to new interest and new learning and a desire to build new skills and tackle new topics. So that's just one example of a way that you can regain the learning that you may fear the kids in your life have lost. Go back and look at some of the curriculum that has been touched on in whatever format the kids in your life are learning currently. And look at not necessarily the lessons, but the goal for the lessons. And take those lessons off the page, or in most cases, probably off the screen is how most kids have been learning. And turn it into a fun experience. And again, I gave a bridge and a construction, a building example that led to geography and culture and all these other things. But use what you have available. We are in the month of November. And one of the things that I connect to the month of November is Thanksgiving. And one of the topics that I like to touch on in the month of November around Thanksgiving and the the idea behind Thanksgiving is gratitude and good deeds. Ooh, the wind is kicking back up again. So gratitude and good deeds. I thought up a fun idea for discovering and uncovering gratitude and good deeds. And I wanted to share it with you. And the idea is putting it into a scavenger hunt. So this is one that kind of goes in reverse that you can work with the kids in your life to come up with structure of the scavenger hunt together and then have the kids go and do it. So you can get them to or yourself create a list of gratitude, things to be grateful for, or ways to demonstrate gratitude. And then have them seek out clues that guide them to those practices. Um, good deeds is the same way. You can create questions even that get them to think about 
answering the question in the form of a good deed. Let's see if I can come up with an example since I don't have the scavenger hunt in front of me. So let's see. How could you recognize someone's talent? And the answer could be by acknowledging a painting that someone did or paying someone a compliment about a painting they made or a meal that they made or a chore that they did. Paying someone a compliment would be the answer. You could ask a question like, what is something you have that someone else could put to good use? And kids might come up with something like an old toy or a favorite shirt, or a favorite hat, or even a favorite meal or component of food. And the good deed could be donating those items to someone who would appreciate them. So that's a fun spin on a scavenger hunt that encourages and helps kids seek out sources of gratitude and examples of good deeds. And then hopefully encourages them to carry out those good deeds and shows of gratitude. I want to also give you some more examples for how you could help the kids gain back ground that you may be afraid that they have lost during these virtual learning years that we have experienced. And to be honest, a scavenger hunt is a really good one. Now you can create a scavenger hunt any way you want. I have given countless examples of scavenger hunts over the many, many episodes and seasons of this podcast that I've done. I would encourage you to go and listen to those episodes, but I want to give you an example here. Um, you can use a scavenger hunt as a way to get kids to be more physical. 
So perhaps kids have become a little less active or a little less interested in spending time outside. I am always encouraging as much time outside as possible, whether it's summer or whether it's fall like it's been or like today, whether where it's more, I hate to say it, more winter-like. You can still get the kids outside and do things like scavenger hunts and obstacle courses and task-based learning that gets them to build new skills. And it can be a fun way to get some work done that allows the kids to be outside and to be physical without realizing that they're actually doing chores. So again, you can use that scavenger hunt and also obstacle course framework to get kids to be more physical. Obstacle courses are a whole lot of fun and it's a great way to create competition if you have groups of people who you can engage with and you feel safe doing that. It is a great way to get physical and competitive as a group. But you can also still do them virtually. I've talked about this before. Where you can create challenges or trivia or however it is you want to move people from one task to another and share them virtually either in a video or live online or over the phone or fill in the blank and and use your own creativity. And then whatever resources each participant has available to them, they accomplish it to the best of their ability. So... I probably touched on this back in the early part of the fall, sometime between September and now, but scarecrows are a fun way to do this. You can also do this using the example that I gave earlier with the construction, where you give kids a big task to accomplish as a part of their obstacle course. And as they accomplish each small piece, they collect parts for the bigger activity. So let's go with a scarecrow. So you have everything from a pair of pants to a shirt to shoes to a hat, to a scarf, to a pair of gloves for the hands, and small parts 
for the face. So you could ask a series of 10 trivia questions that lead kids to a specific place to find a specific part for their scarecrow. And they have to go from place to place to place to collect these things. And then the final place where they meet, the the last place they go with a clue, is where they have to construct their obstacle course. You can do the same thing with um, a building, like we talked about earlier. You can do the same thing with forms of transportation. You can do the same thing with robots. All of these things use loose parts and can be turned into an obstacle course. They can also be turned into a scavenger hunt. There are oodles and oodles and oodles of resources where you can find fun ideas like this on the internet. The internet is such a great resource. I also uh, am starting to catalog these kinds of activities in a live format, virtually of course, in two experiences that I offer. One I call live lessons where I demonstrate these kinds of things and encourage groups of people to come together and participate in these activities. And boredom busters, where we talk about loose parts and how to turn loose parts into activities that produce learning and skill building. So you can head over to the creativecampusonline.com and check out those experiences if you're interested in gaining more resources that can help you create learning and skill building opportunities for the kids in your life that will support them in gaining back the ground for learning and skill building that you may feel that they have lost. So I hope you found these activities useful. I hope that this topic helps you and encourages you and supports you in supporting the kids in your life to learn and build new skills. And the key for this week's episode is the way that you re-spark a desire to learn and explore is by making it fun, making it an engaging experience versus just a consumption experience. Getting them to feel in control of the experience and the outcome sparks that excitement, that curiosity, that want to learn more. And that is the goal. That is the goal to get kids to want to learn and enjoy learning. So again, I would encourage you to go back And look at the objectives of each of the lessons that your kids 
may have struggled to learn over the last couple of school years and find and use some of the ideas that I talk about in all of these podcast episodes to reinforce those objectives through an experience. And if you need help doing this, you are always welcome to reach out to me through the comment sections of these episodes, as well as online on social media. You can also reach out to me through the creativecampusonline.com by signing up for free to be a student in any one of my courses. And there are free um, experiences up there. And once you do that, you will have the opportunity to ask me questions. Social media might be a more direct way to get a hold of me through direct messages. And you can find me by searching my name in most places. So I want to thank you for joining me this week. I hope you'll come back next time when I'll have another fun learning and skill building topic to dive into together. Have a great week and I'll talk to you soon. Enjoy the new month.